Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Live Your Personal Best. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, and today we are joined by dietitian Gabby Villa talking about all things making food an ally with your workouts, with your life, with your performance. Gabby's perspective on everything is just very relatable, so I think that you will love this episode. And coming up in future weeks, we're going to be having more dietitians on, more personal trainers. We're going to be doing a lot focusing on mental health and mindset training, you know, especially with my memoir coming out in May, Inner Drive, dealing with mental health issues in student athletes, in former athletes. I really want to, you know, be setting up the podcast to help promote with that too. So be on the lookout, make sure subscribed. And with that, let's get started. What's up and welcome to the Live Your Personal Best podcast. This is the place where I help current and former athletes like you to show up confidently in the gym and in life. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, a former Division I athlete and author of Elite to Everyday Athlete. I'm going to show you how to stay motivated in reaching your goals and how to have more fun doing it. So let's sweat it out and start living your personal best. Hey guys, today we are joined by Gabby. She's a sports nutritionist and the founder of Intense Eat Fit. She specializes in optimizing performance for triathletes and ultra-distance runners by making food their best ally in sports and life, which she's on to talk to us about today. Thanks for joining us, Gabby. Thank you, Emily. Thank you so much for having me here. Very excited to have this chat today. Yeah, I'd love to know more about what your background with nutrition has been like and how you learned yourself how to even train and fuel as an athlete. I feel like everyone's story, kind of how they learned is different. So I would love to hear how you got started in it. Yeah, of course. So my background in nutrition is very heavily interlinked with my background in a sport. Since a very young age, my parents encouraged me to practice a sport or to be involved in any sports. And I was part of uh, gymnastics and Kung Fu and volleyball and all these other uh, different activities till uh, one day we got into swimming. And I say we because my brother, we're very close in age. So we always, almost always were together in the same activities. I got into swimming and from there, eventually discovered triathlon. That was when I probably was like 15 years old or younger. And from there, I just fell in love with the concept of I guess like doing some three sports and challenging yourself and I really really enjoy it and even when I was in swimming I was already feeling like I wanted to stay involved in a sport somehow I really enjoy the benefits I was receiving from a sport I was never a talented athlete let's say but I was someone who really really enjoyed the activity who I found my best friends through swimming and then through triathlon Um, I was feeling I was getting more responsible at school because I had this extracurricular activity that I needed to to go to. 
So I could see how a sport was so good for me. And I could feel that if I could be involved in it, I could help more people to find in a sport what, what I found. So when it came the time to choose what I wanted to, to study or to do with my life, uh, I didn't particularly love the idea of becoming a coach or a physical education teacher. And that's when I saw the nutrition degree particularly the one I did where there was a heavy component on wellness and physical activity and exercise and health. And I just love that. Like when I got to understand that there was a path in helping athletes or active people through nutrition in enjoying their sport more was something that I just fell in love with the concept. So yeah, that's how essentially from the very beginning, I got into nutrition, which is dietetics essentially finish that, move on to do a sports nutrition diploma with the International Olympic Committee, then work in the State Institute of Sport, and then move to Australia to uh, study a master's in exercise and health uh, because of like, I, I still wanted to learn more. That's how I guess the path in getting to nutrition and sport began. In terms of me as an athlete and how I learned, I guess, the, the road has been a little bit more tumultuous or like upside down, up, in, up and down, I, I would say. there's There was a part in my journey where I was very obsessed with food in a bad way. It's very interesting because I know that I have colleagues who got into nutrition because they had that like weird relationship with food and that's how they wanted to learn more about nutrition. Whereas in my case, I did, never saw the link. To me, it was nutrition for a sport, but then in my personal life, I had all these issues with dieting and wanting to change my body and actually not seeing that clear link that was in, hang on, if you feel your body well, you're actually going to perform better, your body is going to be grateful for it, and everything will keep improving for you. It was more, no, 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 no. First, I need to focus on shrinking my body on losing fat and then I can worry about being a good athlete or whatever else I wanted to achieve so this I'm talking about before I started my degree in dietetics and all the way till finishing it and already even practicing like it was very interesting how I had this this disjointed personality of when I'm talking with a client I'm telling them how food is so wonderful and then I'm aware that I just go home and I'm dieting. I'm very concerned about calories and things that I shouldn't be worried about. So it wasn't until probably six, seven years ago that that relationship with food changed. And I think it came in parallel to me moving to Australia and having to adjust to different foods, to different environments, to different things I could find in the supermarket. So it, it it almost felt like I was starting from scratch with my intake. And that was super helpful. Like I, I can't pinpoint exactly what was the thing that made me change. But from there, because I was eating differently, I started living it. I started noticing the difference that thinking of food as something that was beneficial for my body, as something that was allowing me to do my activity, as something that was there to support my health, it was making in my life, in my performance and everything. So from there, the way I eat, the way I train, the way I talk with my clients has changed drastically. And I'm so grateful for that. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster journey in, in that sense for that. <laughs> yeah. 
when you were talking about, you know, your story through high school, I can relate to that a ton, especially where you're talking about you like didn't see the link between like how you're eating as an athlete and outside of that. Because I remember when I would be like worried about eating and stuff, I was never like, oh, my performance. I was more just like, I want the athletic looking body. Like I need to look good. I did volleyball. So I was out there in like the short spandex and I was caring way more about how I looked in it and eating for that versus like knowing about it fueling me. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it's very interesting how like a lot of us still have that idea that first thinking that you need to look like it before you can pretend you can perform it. When is the way around is hang on, I'm doing this activity. I'm 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 good at it. I can I can be better if I use food to to support that instead of actually getting food in my way because I'm restricting my intake and I don't have the energy and I'm always tired. I'm frustrated because the things are not working the way I'm expecting it. So yeah, it's it's been an interesting learning experience, but something I'm 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 very happy to have, I guess come out the other end or a different with a different mindset yeah and now you're able to help others and I love what you say too about you know like using food as an ally for sports and in life I'd love to hear more about like your tips on actually using food in that way yeah of course so knowing that my focus is endurance I'm, I'm going to probably give more tips focus in that way but I would say the very first thing is is understanding that that food is there because it's uh something that is giving us energy and nutrients that that's the main driver for us to eat because that's that's what is providing us but from there is also understanding that food is meant to be enjoyable so often we we fall into this i guess trends or paths where we it's very monotonous eating is very boring we eat the same thing day in day out Often it's because we try and be practical, fair enough. But other times it's because if we are too worried about counting calories and, and, and macros and things like that, we don't realize that we're actually restricting our nutrient intake by eating the same thing over and over because we're, we're not adding that variety into our diet. Whereas if we start thinking of how can I find new flavors and new colors and new things on my plate beyond something that becomes more attractive at the same time, is something that is more nourishing because we now have more nutrients. There are There's more things there. So uh, it's nutrients, it's energy, it's enjoyable. And from there is, okay, how can I make it, let's say practical or, or in a way that is supporting a specific aspects of what I'm doing. So when it comes to an endurance athlete, we, we know that having that energy before training is important to do that activity so that when we work on food in terms of, okay, what do we need to eat before this training activity to ensure that the, the athlete is, is energized and has sufficient like energy to, to fulfill that session? From there, we know that also because some training sessions are way longer is, okay, how can we make sure that there's food in there or energy for, for the athlete to keep going for those many hours. Because I see athletes who train for two, three, four, six hours continuously. So we need to make sure that there is that energy available for them as they are going. Because there's no breakfast big enough that can cover so much distance. Uh, so that's why we are like, okay, let's make sure that there's sufficient energy there. And then after the activity, that's when we have the part of the recovery 
making sure that that energy is replenished, that the protein is available to repair the muscles and that the, the athlete can keep going with their activities and be ready for the next training session as well. So what, when we understand how it is the, the role food has in, in that journey of the training, but also in the whole day, it's easier to start seeing how, okay, now I can see this food as something that is going to be helpful for me and not something that is disjointed, as I mentioned. It's like that part of, I'm just seeing this because I'm just counting calories and that's all I need to worry about. Or macros is the same thing. It's, it's, as much as carbohydrate, protein, fat is something that we talk about, we need to bring it down another level where we are also understanding that there is macronutrients involved. And just thinking of macros is not going to cut it at that stage. Yeah. It's really interesting how you're like almost laying out the day of like, okay, here's your workout. But you think about like the step before the workout, which is a meal. And you think about the step after the workout, which is another meal. And it's almost like it just complements it. It's like, you can't think of only the workout. There's these two like integral parts on either end, which is eating. Yes, exactly. And that's maybe because that's how my mind operates now. But for me, when I think of training, literally, it's like, okay, what am I eating before? And then all the way after I I finish training. And that's something I work with my athletes as well, because often they don't see it like that. They see the training and that's it. And one of the things I often say is uh, training finishes after recovery, which means you, yeah, you post your Garmin, you finish your training session, but then you haven't finished per se, because you still need to have that recovery uh, to ensure that the body now has what it needs to keep adapting to that training session you just had. Yeah, I'd love to talk about what some of these meals look like, because when I think of endurance workouts, and I think about, you know, on Saturdays and Sundays would be like our longer training days, I'd always feel hungry, like perpetually hungry. So what tips do you Mm -hmm. have like nutrition wise on how to kind of like manage the hunger or like how should we be building our plates in order to stay full for longer? Yeah. So in the terms of like, if we're thinking of the activity period, let's talk, for example, before the activity, we like prioritize carbohydrate in that case, because we want something that is energy that is easy to absorb and carbohydrates are going to give us that. Now, because we want it to be easy to absorb, we reduce fat and fiber. So that's when we think of the carbohydrate. Ideally, we are thinking of, for example, white toast with some jam or it could be a little bit of peanut butter or some nutella or a banana all these things are are energy dense options and that like are easy to absorb so that's something that we can look at beforehand there are other options uh, smoothies or for example there's like a we can make a rice pudding or different things cereal uh, but often it's carbohydrate based before the activity Then during the activity, very similar, we want something that is easy to absorb, very quick, very high in carbohydrate. That's when we look at other products that there are some sports-based products like energy gels and sports drinks, but sometimes even like eating uh, jelly snakes or a sandwich that is with jam, it's, it's going to be helpful as well. So that's what we are thinking of the activity. Once again, carbohydrate. After the activity, that's when we include more protein and still keep the carbohydrate because protein is something that most people in the fitness world in particular are very aware of in terms of after you finish your training, you need to have protein. 
but especially for endurance athletes, including that carbohydrate is quite important because that's what, what they were using a lot during the activity. So that's when we think of something, the carbohydrate doesn't have to be as simple now. We can have something like oats or whole grain toast, but make sure that the carbohydrate is present. And examples, for example, if someone went for a training session in the morning, very easy to have that post-training recovery as a nice complete breakfast. You have some eggs on toast with some smoothie and uh, you have there your carbohydrate, your protein, it's a nice meal. That's a good way of getting that recovery in, in there. For some other people, if they train in the evening, that's more like dinner. So very similar as well. You have, I don't know, like a sal salmon fillet with some pasta and nice veggies and that's covering that. And in the terms of how do we deal with the hunger? Often, especially if we are training in the morning, one of the biggest mistakes I see is that we ignore that recovery meal. So we finish a training session and it could be for many reasons, either you were busy or uh, you had something else with the family or you actually deliberately were like, no, 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 I burned this many calories. I shouldn't offset my workout or whatever. And we don't eat what we need. We are, okay, I'm just going to have a piece of fruit if you have something. Otherwise you can keep going with your day. And that's because we didn't fulfill the need of the body later. It asked for it, it's screaming, I say, which is when we are starving, super ravenous, we just want to keep eating is because we miss that critical part there. So that's something very important. If we, we make sure that that meal is present, it makes a big difference. For some other people, it could be that the meal was there, but the whole training session was quite scarce. Like they didn't actually eat during that activity or before. So the body was very stressed trying to fulfill that uh, training session and that's lacking energy that is later going to ask for. So by by addressing those things is usually how we control that hunger and obviously keep eating during the day. Not because you already had that meal, it means that you can now wait till dinner and, we, and wait hours without eating at all. Yeah. So it's almost like when you have that initial hunger cue or you have that initial like wanting to eat, like you shouldn't ignore that for later because it's almost like it'll catch up to you like tenfold. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. And something that happens as well is that when we exercise, our appetite suppresses because of the physical activity. And a lot of people think it's like, oh, okay, it means I shouldn't eat because I'm not hungry. But the thing is that in that case, it's very helpful and it's been shown that actually eating is going to be important. If you are someone who struggles to eat because seriously, it doesn't feel appealing, that's when we recommend perhaps having a smoothie or a yogurt and something that you are eating slowly. You don't need to force yourself to have it, but we know that it is helpful to, to still try to consume something afterwards. Yeah, something that's like very easy to stomach. I'm huge on that in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what do you find are like the biggest myths in like fueling for endurance athletes that people still follow today or still kind of think is true and you don't really recommend? So they keep popping around. I think one of the big ones is that part of particularly in endurance, the fact that the idea that for an athlete to be good at the sport, they need to be as lean as possible or they need to be as light as possible. And something that we are seeing now 
is that it's not because the athlete work towards being leaner that they are good. It's because the athlete is naturally lean that that is that falls within the, the characteristics of them being good at the sport. And now we're seeing athletes who are actually breaking that concept as well, where they are not necessarily lean, they are not necessarily light, and they are doing extremely well because they are also following the science and focusing on their strengths as well rather than trying to fit this mold if the the obvious example i often use is if you think of basketball players they are very tall right it doesn't mean that for you to be good at basketball you need to try your best to get taller like we know that's hard because like no one can like that's not part of like how you are built but we do the same for for leanness. We think that, no, 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 I need to try and fit in this body type. And it's exactly the same. Like, that's not your body type. So that's something that is changing now. But I still see a lot of that mindset of, I have this race, therefore I need to lose weight because I need to be good at it. That's one. The other one is this idea that, that no pain, no gain, but in a bad way, let's say, where we as i said we have we need that energy to fulfill a quality training session and for some people the idea of going sort of without energy is sort of forcing the body to push and that is going to make the session more efficient because the body endure to through circumstances without having that fuel and what we are seeing now is that there are certain sessions that can benefit from not having that fuel but those are the sessions that are naturally not requiring so much carbohydrate, where the intensity is low, where the duration is not going to be like that long. Some of them can benefit from faster training, let's say. But in many, in, in most of the others, that's not going to be helpful. If someone is trying to do an interval training session or something of high intensity without fuel in the tank, it's not going to be possible. Like they, that's going to be a very poor quality session. And the athlete is going to be quite depleted because they were pushing the body through this without having sufficient substance to do it. So that's the thing like hopefully now it's changing that people are starting to understand that it's not how it works. It doesn't mean that some sessions are hard, that's for sure, but it doesn't mean that you need to make them hard for them to be good. So that's the second one. And then the third one, I think will be more related to the other end where because carbohydrates gain some bad reputation for a while, thinking that, oh, I shouldn't be eating carbohydrates because they are bad. I'm just trying to change their essentially physiology because the body needs them for that physical activity, trying to change things so that way they, they adjust and make sure that their body is no longer relying on carbohydrates. And once again, that's quite draining for the body quite hard to sustain and it's been shown that even when the athlete goes through that process of adapting and just using fat the one who was clever in terms of adjusting with carbohydrate is still able to perform better so if what we're seeking is performance carbohydrate is still king is what most researchers say yeah i love kind of your underlying message of all through those points are just eating well makes it easier on your body thank you yes pretty much I like what I love saying is no grain no gain I love that yes because you know a lot of this we can like say that we don't want to count calories we can like say we don't want to lose weight but I feel like 
you know, if you have a background in dieting or you have a background in like being an athlete and being judged on your body, there's always just like some part of you that's like thinking about like, oh, what's like the purpose for eating this or like what's like the goal? Like you're always thinking about a goal and it's hard to just be like, oh, there's no goal. Just like eat to have fun. So now this is almost like a new way of saying a goal. Like my goal is no longer dieting or sometimes the goal doesn't have to be performance, but the goal can just be, this is making it easier on your body. And I love being able to like set that intention for my eating now. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much like that. And understanding that it's valid to have meals where, well, my goal today is just being enjoyable. Like I I really was craving pizza or whatever you want to eat. And that's fine. We don't need to hyper uh analyze every single meal but if we are seeking an ultimate goal aligning your intake most of the time towards that that's when when, because I talk about like fueling with purpose very often and that's what I mean is understanding that if you are seeking a goal seeing how food has a role to play there and working towards that in a positive way as well yeah, I love that so much. Um, is there any one last piece of advice that you'd love to leave everyone with today? Remembering that that food is meant to be enjoyable, that food represents so many other aspects of our life. Um, as a Mexican, to me, food is part of my culture. Food reminds me of my family. And I feel like it's important to be aware of that, that not every time we need to be just thinking of nutrients and calories at some other days is this is the meal that my Nana recipe has been going around for so many years. And like, I just love sitting down and enjoying this meal with my family. I feel like as athletes, and sometimes people get confused, like, hang on, you're the sports nutritionist. Why are you talking all these things? Well, because we are human beings and we are part of a family and we're part of a culture and we're part of an environment. And if we allow that disjointed, mindset in terms of oh no no, I'm just focused on endurance or I'm just focused on like right now I'm on holiday so I'll just like go all in it makes that very uh unhealthy relationship with food and harder for you to feel your body adequately so yeah that's what I will live with yeah I love that it's just all about making it easier for ourselves so I love the advice that you shared with us today where can people find you work with you all of that I'm very active on my Instagram. So you can find me as at Intense Eat Fit. I'm also working on improving my YouTube channel. So I'm, I'm planning on putting more videos up there. Same Intense Eat Fit by Gabby Villa. And uh, I have a free assessment if anyone is interested in terms of how they can improve their fueling with an endurance mindset. That is on my website, intenseitfit.com. You just uh, jump on the website and on the top right corner, you'll see take the assessment and that's how like or take the quiz actually. And you uh, fill in 30 questions and you get a report with recommendations or full free. So anyone who's interested can go ahead and, and complete that whenever they want to. Awesome. I'll link it all below. Thanks for joining us, Gabby. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.